This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I'm going to be preaching tonight from my non-comfort zone. Holy Ghost is going to got me hit an area of life tonight that I very, very seldom ever touch. But there's been a lot of people confused lately about some Christian doctrines and things. And so I come out of my comfort zone without resisting the Holy Ghost to help you. A lot of people have had questions about some different things in our culture today, and uh, they're confused. And the Lord wants me to help. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, and then I look at, I look at my notes a lot, my thoughts I wrote down, because I really want to help people. I want to help families. That's what I'll be judged for. For what did I do to help people? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. And you're there, let me know. Amen. Amen. Are we there? Okay. It says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. And I've been hearing from congregation members, been hearing from church leaders, and other people that they're so confused about sexuality, things they teach in schools, things society says is okay, etc., 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 etc. And when I was praying about today's service, the Lord just brought to me all the faces of all of you who have come to me the last several months and don't know how to talk to friends and loved ones about uh, sexual things that are pre- prevalent in society, etc., etc. And anyway, tonight, I've come from perspective not to convince anything to anybody about anything, but to show you how to know from the Bible how to help yourself, how to help others, etc., etc. Uh, Forty years ago, when I got born again, my pastor was a word of faith pastor like me, and he had a philosophy in his ministry style that he imparted to me. It's always been with me. He said, the best way to help people is not preach against something, but preach for something. In other words, when people's missed in an area of life, instead of beating them over the head and tell them, sinner, 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 wrong, 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 going to hell, going to hell, preach Jesus is good. God is good. Jesus is on your side. Jesus wants to help you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you, how many of you have ever tried to get somebody to quit smoking? And just keep telling them how bad it is, what it's doing to them, how horrible it is. Man, they just puff that much more. But when you preach life and health and how good, how good it is to breathe good and et cetera, et cetera, preach healthy things, then, you know, people start thinking, man, I would like to breathe better. I would like to be able to walk a mile, help fall it over and pass it out. You know, I would like to quit, have this hacking cough every morning when I get up, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it's the same thing for, for, for sexual things. If you just preach against, 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 all you're going to do is hurt people. When you preach for the right thing and talk right things from the Bible, you're going to help people. So anyway, I want to look at some notes I wrote down because, as I told you, this is not my comfort zone to preach in this area of life because I've gone against the current. Do you ever hear about salmon, how salmon spawn? Salmon swim upstream against the current. And only the strong salmons make it to the end, play their eggs, and they reproduce stronger salmon. Well, when you come, when you're preaching things like this here, as a, as a man or woman of God, you're going against the current. You're going against culture. You're going against the mainstream. 
and only the strong survive. And so I know that for me, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ 40 years ago, and then when he called me to the ministry, I always told him, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything where he want me to do, Jesus, just use me. And most of the time, he lets me stay in comfort zone. But then sometimes I come out of comfort zone. But then I've told you so many times, when I pray for a service, I always say, Lord, look into that service. Who's going to be there? What do you want to tell them? What do they need answered? How do you want to help them, Jesus? And so I believe that what I've got, the way I'm going to present is going to help people that are here tonight and going to help you to live a victorious Christian life. The most important thing is to help people that need help. And so I, I would look at some thoughts I wrote down before we continue on the Word because it's easy for me to look at what I wrote. And so listen to this question here. If you've got a friend or a loved one who's part of a church or a religion that believes there's another way to heaven other than Jesus Christ, they think that Jesus is a way, but not the only way. That God could wink on whatever you believe. He'll let you into heaven just because you're a good person. Or even if you didn't believe about his son, like the Bible says you're supposed to, then you can go to heaven anyway. And so just get this picture. Because I know that a lot of you love to bring people into the church here because we preach the gospel. And you've got people out there that are deceived. They've been in a cult or they've been religious people. And they've always thought, man, my way is okay. You think, man, pastor, if I just get into church, I know that you're going to have an altar call. You're going to preach the gospel, et cetera, et cetera. You think, I can't wait to get them in because they're going to hear the truth. Well, do you know that every other area of the Bible, too, is the truth? And when you get people into church, if you if you come to a church to teach them, like, say, tithing. How many, how many here, whether you tithe or not, how many you know that the Bible says God gets 10%? Whether you, whether you do it yourself or not, you know the Bible says that. And so, if you are a tither, if you're a tithing person, and you've got Christian friends that you know go through financial problems, and you just know, man, if they just knew about tithing, if they just knew the benefits of tithing, if they just knew that when God gets a hold of their money, that God can change their life because they've used their faith to cross that line and begin to give God the first 10%. Oh, I wish they'd come here, Pastor, here when you teach on tithing. You're so excited because they're coming in to hear that. Reason being because you know your friend may be a good person, but they're not walking in the light. And because they're not walking in the light, they're not having God's best. And so you don't get offended when you bring them in. And the pastor talks about money, talks about tithing, talks about the blessing of God. Or you know it could be any other area of life. It could be the love walk. You know it could be we're going to be teaching about husband and wife relationships, how a man's supposed to treat a woman, how a woman's supposed to treat a man, and you know that they're really missing it severely in that area. They just you're just thinking, man, I wish you would see what the Bible says about submission. Or I wish that he would see what the Bible says about honoring his wife as the weaker vessel, et cetera, et cetera. And you don't get offended because the truth preacher want to help them. So anyway, as we look at Bible things tonight, just look at the same area. It's the Bible. And if it rubs your flesh wrong, it might be because you've had 30, 40 years of wrong, wrong things hitting your head. I know that when I first got born again, how many here know that a baby's a baby, for example? From the time it's conceived in the belly, it's a baby that's inside of there. Well, when, when I first got born again, I'd been out in the world like everybody else. I remember I was at a Christian gathering, and all of a sudden they're talking about abortion. And so me and my baby Christian dumb mouth says, well, one has got a right to choose, it's her body. Well, by the time the Christians talked to me, talked Bible, talked about Jesus, the Holy Spirit within a matter of hours changed what I thought all my life was okay because all of a sudden I realized 
that baby in that womb is not that woman's right to choose. She made her choice, but she let that baby get in there. And now that baby, if it has this choice, it wants to live. So I changed what I believed in that area of life, although I'd heard that other area all my whole life. But once I got born again, I had to get my mind changed about how I looked at things in life because society had programmed me wrong. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. And so anyway, the Bible says God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And so I've had so many parents and leaders, teachers, telling me the kids are confused. The kids are confused. The kids are all confused. They don't know what to believe. And so anyway, we want to see what the Bible has to say, because listen to this. God is the only one that has instructions on what he can put his approval on, what he can put his blessing on. And what he can't. God's the only one that has the final say-so for that, because he's the one we'll stand before, et cetera, et cetera. But as I said, I'm here to come from the positive side, not the negative. I'm here not to put down, but to lift up. Lift up Jesus and the Word of God. And so anyway, as we're living in the last days, the entire culture is anti-God and anti-Bible. How many know that? I mean, pretty much... You don't, you know, you'd have to be spiritually dead not to see how there's nothing real in our society anymore. The media, politics, most of the education system are anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-Bible, anti-everything is right. So because our churches, our education system, media, politicians have several generations of anti-Christian influence. Several generations of anti-Christian influence. And the last two or three generations, the Christians are living in so much confusion about what's right and what's wrong and the reasons we're looking at that they don't know what to do. That's why we have, sad to say, suicide things going on and so many other things because people are confused. You come to church to get answers. You come to church to get peace that says God's the one that gives peace. And so if God's the one that gives peace, that must mean confusion comes from the other side, from the dark side. Amen? Does that make sense? And so anyway, I want to help you and enable you to be solid and at peace so you can help young people and even help yourself if you need it. And so I'm going to come from the side of what does the Bible have to say we're to do to help people because there's so many books written, so many sermons out there about sexual things that I don't need to preach that. All you have to do is go, go on the Internet and you find all kinds of different information. That Mrs. Pastor has lots of books back there. But I, I want to show you from the Bible how I talk to people, how I help to people, how people in my own family. I've got, I've got relatives that aren't Christians. I've got relatives that are Christians that are deceived. I've got people, I know a lot of people, but I know that Jesus told us the number one thing that never fails is love. And so we've got to be people that are able to speak lies in love or speak the truth in love. What's the Bible said do? Speak the truth in love. It doesn't say speak the truth with the hammer. I was talking to Tony Cook the other day, and I know that... Uh, I've had families in the church over the years, different families in the same situations. And I had one dad in the church one time that had a couple of daughters that were living in an area they shouldn't live in. And this man told his wife, said, 
don't let them in this house if I'm here. He said, if they ever show up, he said, let me know so I can leave. And he told them, don't ever come to my house as long as you're living that way, unless you call me first because I don't want to see you. And then I got another dad that treat, treats his kids that are in that area of life with the love of God. Loves them, doesn't condemn them, doesn't agree with what's going on. But at the same time, if you're, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a preacher, and you're going to condemn one sin, then why do you condemn gluttony too? The Bible has a lot to say about gluttony. And so if you're going to condemn somebody else for something, then you better look the mirror points and fingers back that way too and throw some on yourself for gluttony. How about lying? How about temper? Lots of other things. And so the whole thing is that our lives, we've all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And God, it says that God didn't condemn us we were sinners. Say, so, yeah, he justified. He's the one that come to lift us up. And so we have to know, I agree much more of this one parent's handling the situation more than the others, because you don't kick your kids out they're doing wrong. God doesn't kick us out. God says, come home, prodigal, I need you. I want you in, etc. And so anyway, that's how I approach things from the love side. Love never fails. Amen. But you got to be able to talk and have conversations, too, while you're going through life. So anyway, the title of tonight's message is this. You can be stable in a 21st century culture. You can be stable in a 21st century culture. And I said that because of this word I keep hearing, confusion, confusion, confusion. People, Young people are confused. They're confused. They're confused. Politicians tell them one thing. Media tells them another thing. Hollywood tells them. And tells them what they can do right. And then preachers and parents that read the Bible tell them something entirely different. Well, they're not around church very much. They're not around the parents very much. But they're in society every day they're being bombarded. So there's got to be a way to help them. Amen? Got to be a way to help us. Anyway, this 1 Corinthians 14.33 says that God's not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And so... In the context of this chapter, writer, this is talking about spiritual gifts and operating in the church, but also, I believe it applies to everyday life of a believer. God doesn't want you running around confused. God doesn't want you wondering. He doesn't want you doubting. He doesn't want you knowing what to do. And a simple definition that confused I looked up today, confusion, lack of understanding, uncertainty. That's why people take their own lives. And, you know, that's something... If it's going on, we got to deal with it to help people. We can't stick our heads in the sand and act like things aren't going on. Amen? Is that, is that right? There's, there's a reason why things are going on. We want to help people. And then also, confusion is a state of being bewildered or unclear one mind, in one's mind about something. Unclear in one's mind about something. And, you know, we quote Romans 12, too, in this church all the time. It says, be not conformed to this world, be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, that you'll know was the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God says we are to renew our minds with the Word of God so we begin to think like God thinks. God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. He said, come up higher. Renew your mind. Change your way of thinking so you can live a better life. And so anyway, I, w- I want to look at some things from the Bible, how to help us, number one. If we're going to be parents, leaders, or whatever we are, we need to be stable and clear in our own thinking. You know, if you're going to teach somebody about tithing, 
you better be very clear and stable in your own heart, your own thinking about tithing before you convince somebody else. If you're going to convince somebody else how to eat right and live right, then you better be able to say no to all those extra portions of ice cream and dumplings and tacos and all those other stuff and shed a few pounds yourself or you, or you can't tell somebody else what to do. You better be clear and convinced yourself. And so the same way of these sexual things. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, In whom the God of this world has blighted the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The God of this world. Satan is still the God of the people of the unsaved world. He's not my God. I came out of darkness into light. But we have to understand, he is the author of confusion. I want to say that again. Satan is the God of this world. I live in this world, but I'm not of this world. I function in two worlds, and so do you. I'm a spiritual being. I live in a physical body. My spirit is eternal. One of these days, you guys just had memorial service. And you know that that body is not the real mom. Mom's in heaven, but that body's still on earth. That body's in the ground or cremated or whatever. But the thing is, we live in two worlds. Satan has no influence over my spirit. Jesus lives in my spirit. There's no darkness in my spirit. There's light in my spirit. But for God to be able to communicate to my spirit, he has to get through my head. And for God to be able to get through my head to my spirit, my head has to quit resisting. You know, the tithing thing, that's just such an easy one to use. You know, as I said a while ago, I said, how many here, whether you tithe or not, you know, tithing's in the Bible. And I know some of you are probably not tithers, but you know it's in the Bible. And there's only one reason you're not tithing. Because God can't get past your head. When your head says, I can't afford it. And God said, well, it doesn't change what I want you to do. I want you to tithe, so I can do what I want to do. And your head says, well, if I got enough, I'll do it. And your heart, God says, well, you'll really never have enough until you do do it. Because that's called faith. And when you do it, I open the windows of heaven. Things begin to happen. But your head got in the way. And then how many know that Jesus said, forgive if you want to be forgiven? He said, you can't hold anything against anybody if you want God to forgive you for everything. Well, your head says, after what he did to me, after what she did, well, I'll forgive because the Bible says so. I'm never going to forget. Well, you didn't forgive then. Because when you forgive, you forget. Because it says that God, when he forgave us through our sins in the sea of forgetfulness, God said, I don't remember your sins anymore. And so if we're going to forgive, our head has to get out of the way. And so when it comes to these other areas of life, Satan has people's minds blinded to the light of the gospel, to the truth of the gospel in many areas of life. When you become born again, 
the darkness leaves in the area of how you get to heaven because you're born again. You know the only way there is Jesus. You got convicted in your heart. I need Jesus to forgive me for me to go to heaven. So that part, you won. But then, many other areas of your mind have blockages because of years and years and years, years and years of anti-God, anti-Bible society training, everything you see pretty much on TV, politics, the Internet, on your job, in your schools, I'll tell you the opposite of what God says. Amen. Do a better preacher than you are shouting. That's why, that's why Christians are confused. Because they've still got a stupid head. So he says that Satan has them blinded. And so God is the only one who can give you the answers that will remove confusion and bring peace and order into your life and family. God's the only one that can give answers. I want you to look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I really had a good time with Tony Cook just talking about different things, and I'm, I'm just thinking about, we was talking about something. I said, you know what? Too many Christians have Google confused with God. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to ask anybody to hold up their hands. But I just ask you to think about this. How many of you, when you've got a question, go to Google before you do your Bible? You know what I'll bet you? I'll bet you, without even looking, that if you Googled, how do you get to heaven, Google would not say, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through Jesus. I bet you Google wouldn't say that. If you Googled, should a Christian tithe? I bet you Google wouldn't tell you you should tithe. If you go to Google about sexual questions of today, I bet you Google wouldn't tell you what the Bible says. I want to say it again. I never thought about that until I made that statement to Tony. I said, Tony, I said too many Christians get Google confused with God. That's some good preaching. John eight thirty one. Ever looked about how to handle this area of, of, of sexual things in culture today? Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, that means if you're born again, don't quit reading your Bible after a month. Continue to be a student of the Bible. Continue to come to church. Continue to learn new verses. How many write verses out on cards like I've been suggesting? How many have looked at them lately? Pull them out. Pull them out. Don't let them get dusty. He says, continue my word. Then you're my disciples indeed. But look at this. When you continue my word, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. That will take confusion off. Hold your place and go over to John 17. John 17, verse 17. And John 17, the whole chapter is Jesus praying before he went to heaven and praying about the day we live in, praying for us in this generation. It was a big, long prayer. But verse 17 is a key verse of the whole Bible that you need to know. This would be a good one to put on your card. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them. 
And my center column says, sanctify says, set them apart. Sanctify them through thy truth. He said, thy word is truth. Google doesn't have the truth. There's not a Democrat or Republican, independent, libertarian, or politician that has the truth unless they're preaching the Bible. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He said, thy word is truth. If you want to know the truth about sexual things, the Bible has the truth. Thy word is truth. Now look at John 8, 30, 31, 32 again. If you continue in my word, thy word is truth. You continue in the truth, then you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. Well, I like to say it this way. Since his word's truth, and the truth is his word, if, if you continue the word, says you shall know the truth, you shall know the word. And the word shall make you free. The truth and the word in the Bible are one and the same. He said if you continue studying the word, then you're going to know the word. And when you know the word, you know God's truth. And if you know God's truth, he says, then you'll be free. To me, that's saying, for what people have been asking me, the only way young people, the only way older Christians are going to know the truth and get out of confusion, Pastor, I'm just so confused. I'm just so confused. He said, the truth will make you free. The truth will remove confusion. The truth is the only thing that will help you. The truth is the only thing that's going to help people, but we speak the truth in love. I emphasize that. The Word of God is not a club. The Word of God is not something you beat people with. The Word of God is something that you spoon feed. You lovingly minister the truth in love. And you wait. And you minister truth in love. You know, if, if you're... I think about... You know, I'm not a dog lover like Mrs. Pastor is. But we got five dogs. We got a lot of dogs. We got too many dogs, but we got dogs. But I know enough about dogs, and I have enough of the love of God in me. I know this. It'd be very wrong if every time one of those dogs come up to me, I hit it or I kicked it. I would ruin that dog. Well, if every time your Christian loved ones or friends get around you, you kick them and you hit them, you're going to ruin your relationship. You're going to destroy but God could have you be the very person who could help somebody with. You can't be kicking and hitting and beating up on people. He said, you know the truth, the truth will make you free. But as we look at the John 7, 17, 17, 17, about the sanctified part through thy word, listen, I'm going to make a statement to you, and this is going to help you to understand. We're talking about getting rid of confusion and living at peace in the 21st century culture. This verse tells me in every area of conflict, that confusion there is in our culture today, the one thing that sets Christians apart, it separates us from our friends and family. I want to say that again. It separates us from our friends and family that don't make God's word the final authority and source of the Bible is what the Bible says and we believe it. And we don't change. That separates us. I've lived in peace with God for 40 years. I've had a lot of family and friends that chose to separate from me because I wouldn't agree with Hollywood about how they're living. Amen. I wouldn't agree with Hollywood how their kids are living. 
I never, ever, 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 ever one time with my family that don't serve God yet, or even family does serve God, still aren't living right yet. How the Bible says, I've never one time pointed a finger at them. It said, you're a rotten loser. You're a rotten sinner. You're going to go to hell because how you live. God's going to get you. I've never done that. All I do is when I'm in situations where people are glorified wrong living, I just stay silent. I don't say anything. You know, I've, I've been in Indiana many times. When some of my loved ones out there talk, oh, it's so wonderful. Do you know that so-and-so just got to move in with so-and-so? Now they live together. Oh, they're, so, they're going to buy a house together. Can you pass the peas? I'm not going to say I'm so happy about that because God's not happy about it. Oh, you know, I, th- I think it's just, it's so wonderful this, so wonderful that. And I know that in my, in my family personally, on her side of the family, in my side of the family, I know two situations where people lived together, bought a house, and then they couldn't get divorced because they wasn't married, bought a house together, and then the thing fell apart and talked about legal woes. But somebody thought they had something. They had no contract with man, had no contract with God. You know what they had? Confusion. I want to say it again. John 17, 17 says, separate them through thy word. Thy word is truth. And so when we stand on God's word for what we believe, people are going to distance themselves from us because they want to be around somebody that will rejoice with them for things they're doing. As far as the world goes, because Satan's the God of this world, there's nothing wrong with it. But in the eyes of God, once you become a born-again Christian, things change. God says, here's how I want you to live, because people are watching you for one thing, and they're going to imitate you. Have you ever noticed, I know it's how I've always been since I've been a Christian, if I'm in a church service, and something goes on and the service is not right, I look at the pastor that's leading the service, how's he going to handle this? Reason being, I trust him or her as a man or woman of God that they know God well enough that what they do is what I want to do if it happens in my church because I believe they know God. Well, do you know that if drinking's okay with you and get loaded every once in a while, then other gullible Christians that respect you, they're going to think, drinking's okay. They do it so I can do it. I've seen many, many of a Christian lose their salvation because they couldn't just take a drink or two like some other Christian did. They had to go back to the world, go all the way in. They lost everything. But this one Christian thought they'd do it a little bit and get away with it. Well, the Bible says a little little, little leaven leavens the whole loaf. A little bit of sin getting into a family can destroy the whole family. And I want to say it again. Matter of fact, today, when the Lord was giving me this this morning... I tried to rebuke him, but he wouldn't go away. I said, Lord, let me teach on healing tonight. Let me teach on love tonight. Let me teach on, everybody loves everybody. Let me teach on love. This wouldn't go away. I thought, okay, I just want to start the book of Genesis then and see what I see. And all I saw in the book of Genesis was a man leave his father and mother cleave to his wife. That a wife's a good thing and a gift from God. That a man's supposed to have a wife and children. That's all I saw through the Bible. And I stopped right there and said, whoa. There's no need to hit that tonight. Christians know that. They've heard the Bible taught all their Christian life. They know that. So why should I come tonight and teach what the Bible says about that? It's one thing teaching what it says. It's another thing people doing what it says. And so 
You know, as a matter of fact, how many you know I, I normally show a book before I preach every service? I went back to the bookstore tonight. I looked around. I thought, I'm not going to show any book tonight. They got to read the Bible. Jesus said, continue in my word and you'll know the truth. And so you've got to open your Bibles if you want to help people that are messed up. If you're messed up, you've got to open your Bibles. You've got to read what your Bible says, and then you've got to do it. And so we see right here that the Word of God, if we're going to believe it, then we're going to be separated from people, not because we choose to, because that separates us from people when we don't want to agree with things that are wrong. And so anyway, I want you to look at James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. And we'll close back here in James chapter 1. And I want to say it again. My goal tonight was not to put down somebody, condemn somebody. My goal tonight is help good-hearted Christians that want to help other people. I just, you know, I'm the one, Pastor Dave's the one, we're the ones that keep hearing parents come to us, what do we tell them, what do we tell them, what do we do? We're the ones that keep hearing, they're all confused, they're all confused, we're confused, what can we say, we're confused? Well, God's not the author of confusion. He's the author of the Bible. And the Bible's got the truth, and the truth makes you free. So James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask a God that gives to all men, all women, all people liberally, that upraised idols shall be given him. If you lack wisdom, God says he gives it to you. The wisdom of God is the plan of God, and the plan of God is the Bible. And so God always tells you his plan, his wisdom, says, ask in faith nothing wavering. Now look at this. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And that makes me think about people today in these areas of life. They're tossed to and fro. They don't know what to believe. They hear the Christian side, then they hear what the world has to say. Hear the Christian side, then hear what the world has to say. Now listen to this. It says, Driven the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now look at this. Here is what I want you to see out of everything tonight. A double-minded man is unstable. A double-minded man is unstable. A double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. Back in 2005, when I was seeing what to do at the next phase of my life, I was still in Indiana. I knew that God had another phase for me to do, and I'd asked for the wisdom of God. And so the Lord gave me that verse in the spring of 2005. And I just kept mentioning that double-minded man is unstable in all his ways because I would fluctuate between I'm going back to being a truck driver again because this preach is not working. Well, that's double-minded. God called me to preach. And so he said, double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. Well, after meditating on that verse for a couple weeks, one day, all of a sudden I heard this. If a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways, then a single-minded man is stable in all of his ways. The opposite of double-minded is single-minded. I'll give you an example of double-minded in the area of healing. How many here have been around the church long enough to believe that God wants you healed? How many have seen a multitude of verses taught that's the will of God, He wants you healed? If you're sick, He wants you well. 
He doesn't want you to get sick, but if you get sick, he's not going to condemn you. He goes, hey, I want you well. Okay. Double-minded is this. You come up, we pray for you, lay hands on you, anoint you fall. We pray. And then we say, do you believe you received? Amen, Pastor. I believe in the name of Jesus. I'm healed. I believe I received. Well, you go out the next day and you get hit with some serious pain. I must not have got it. Well, you just said you believe you're healed. Must not have got it. Well, the next day you feel good. How you doing? I'm healed. Next day the pain's back. I must not have got it. You keep changing what you're believing, what you're saying. You're not single-minded, you're double-minded. And so anyway, now listen, I hope I still got you, I didn't lose you. So a couple weeks after he told me that a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways, he said, well, then a single-minded man's stable in all of his ways. Two weeks later, he said, what's a single-minded man? I said, I don't know. He said, a single-minded man is a word-minded man. In other words, 1 Peter 2.24 says, By his stripes I was healed. I'm sticking with what the Word says. I'm going to stay single-minded. Every time you ask me, what am I going to say? Guys, for the two years I went through that, what did I say? I stuck with it through all that trial I went through. I stayed single-minded. Did I feel healed? Did I look healed? Did my mind tell me I was healed? Nothing I saw anywhere told me I was healed. Most of what I saw told me I was dying. But in my spirit, I got it in there settled. I overrode my mind. And I said, by his stripes I was healed. Guess what I am now? I'm healed. I'm healed. And so here's what I'm telling you in this area of homosexuality, of sexual sin, which would be adultery, fornication, any other kind of sin there is. Sexual sin is sexual sin. That make any difference whether it's between a man and a man, woman and woman, or a man and a woman that aren't married. That doesn't make any difference. Doesn't change the Bible. And so what is single-minded? Single-minded is, in this area here for helping people, the Bible says God has joined them together, both husband and wife, male and female. God joined them together. And so, like I said, again, I'm not putting the hammer down, condemning people, knocking people around with the Word of God. I'm saying this, when you... Know the truth from the Word of God, and you stick with that, no matter what, you stick with the truth, then the truth will make you free. The truth will help people. And then that way you're convinced, and then when people want to know, what should I do, what should I do? It's not, oh, I don't know what to tell you, I don't know what to tell you. If somebody asks me, I say, well, I know what to tell you, but what you do is your business, but I can tell you, I'm not wavering. on what the Bible says, does that mean that, Pastor, we... Can't come here. We don't love you, pastor, or family back then. Does that mean you won't come to our family union because so-and-so is going to be there? I said, no, I love my family. I'm going to be there. I don't stay away from people because of what they do. That's their choice. I made my choice, and don't you condemn me because I'm a Christian and go to church. I'm not going to condemn you because you're a sinner and do what you do. You do what you want to do. And so I've got the peace of God in my life about sexual things. I'm not a judge. God is. I'm not going to judge somebody for what they believe and what they do. But I know for me, if they come to me, I'm not going to throw confusion on them and say, well, honey, I don't know what to tell you. I say, well, I know what to tell you what the Bible says, but your choice is your choice. So anyway, for people that have come to me wanting answers, 
that's why I handle that's how I handle my family. That's how I handle the church people who want my help. If church people don't want my help, I don't offer it. Because that is a stronghold. That's a stronghold. The other thing that gets that off is the love of God, the anointed of God, and the main thing is just remember this love never fails. And so when you're loving speak people, that means you do speak the truth of love when the door opens. If the door's not open, you don't beat them. The door's got to be open. Amen. Amen. So anyway, that's what I have for tonight. If the Lord doesn't have me preached again for another 30 years, that's okay with me. I don't like to touch that area because that's, come, that's going against the culture. That's really a tough one, but there's a lot of people hurt right now. And we want to help people. Amen. Amen. And so if we helped you, say amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. And as I said, if you do need scriptural knowledge on what God has to say, Mrs. Pastor has some great books she's written back there. We have other books. But the main textbooks of the Bible, pray. Don't ask Google. Ask God. And the Bible will show you the answers. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.